Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. to another episode of Suicide Pages, the podcast with Dr. Lulu. I'm yours truly, Dr. Lulu, coming at y'all today with another exciting episode, if I might even use those words, only because our guest is not only my first male, yay! Because I didn't want it to look like she's only interviewing women, what's going on? But he is my first male, I had another one that chickened out, but I think I talked him into it, so we're going to be good. <clears throat> and then I volunteered my son, so we're going to have at least three meals before the end of this, <laughs> this entire season. Beautiful. But yes, I've got Mr. <sighs> His name is interesting. It's called Rishi. Middle name is Eric, and last name is Infanti. I think his name spans three continents, I think. He's a, <laughs> he's a Marine Corps veteran. He's, um, he's coming at us with a very interesting perspective today. He is not only uh, basically had a lot of tragedy in his life, he's also a survivor and he's doing things bigly, if I may use those, those words. He has a tri-generational story to tell of suicide and grief. His father, rest his soul, died by suicide. His younger brother, about 11 or 12 years ago, died by suicide. And his son has been missing three years. And I want to put this on my own, for all intents and purposes, is probably presumed dead. I don't know. He's going to clear it up for us um, in a minute. But the good things are coming because he's seven times an author. I am one time an author, and I think I'm bad, you know? So this guy's got seven <laughs> books and counting. I love it. And then he's, um, one of his books, which I think I'm going to try to find because I'm also a yoga enthusiast, is called Marine on the Mat, which I'm just excited to find whenever I do find it because I'm a reader. Also, he's a Buddhist, which I thought was interesting because after returning from Bali last month, I've been having some crazy ideas of becoming a Buddhist. But then we decided, I don't have to become a Buddhist, but I can adopt Buddhist beliefs exactly so, yes exactly yes yes and then last yes. but not least he is doing big things as a speaker and most importantly as a wellness activist for veterans 
especially where PTSD is concerned. So that's all I have as far as an intro. I know he's going to put me right and correct some of these, but we're going to just kind of get started without further ado. So Mr. Eric, Mr. Rishi, Mr. Infanti, thank you so very much for joining the Suicide Pages family with Dr. Lulu. Thank you, sir. How are you doing, sir? I am doing wonderful, and thank you. Thank you so much for that. That's a very warm and, and rich introduction. I, I am grateful. Thank you hey, so it's much. It's your truth. It's your truth. Yeah. My job is just to paint yeah. nice and bright with fluorescent colors, but it's your truth. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So where are we going to start, sir? Where are we going to start? Do you want to start from your son? Do you want to start from your dad, your brother, from your own childhood? Maybe it helps to work in a chronological way so awesome. the people listening <clears throat> can get that benefit as well. Okay. And it might be just something that's easy for all of us to follow, you know. So, so yeah, I grew up, uh, you know, normal, seemingly normal childhood, despite a few, you know, traumatic uh, events inside of my childhood. Um, fairly normal, but at the same time, you know, really nowhere to go. Um, you know, no, there's no money to go to college and all that. So um, I was looking, I was seeking for what to do next. So, of course, I go into the recruiter station and uh, out walks this gentleman in a particular uniform, but the way he presented himself and his stature was, was something of uh, remarkable. And uh, I'll never forget that time. He was the Marine Corps recruiter uh, standing pretty proud into the way he was being. And I said, I, I want what he's got. So, yeah. um, so I, so I joined, I joined the Marines because, um, because of that and because, you know, I obviously wanted to uh, get a, a you know a, a lot further in my education. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to you know I wanted to grow up because I didn't have you know too much of a father figure growing up. So I wanted to figure out the best way as a strategy for me to to grow up because I know that I wanted a family at some point myself. So the Marines are the few, the brave, right? Yeah. So mar Marines are uh, you know the few. Yeah, because it takes something special to get through the three and a half months of Marine Corps boot camp, and uh, which is um, a month and a half longer than the other services. So, and we also go through uh, a particular set of trainings, which um, is a lot more rigorous than the other services, because, you know, everyone has a role and no one's better than another. Uh, but at the same time, the, the role that we have as Marines um, requires that much more depth out of what we're doing in that regard, you know, in that regard. So Indeed, yeah. you guys are brave. There's no question about it. And you are few. You're few, you're brave, and your uniform is to die for. I mean, I just yeah. <laughs> yeah. like what yeah. you like. I love the Navy uniform. I love the Marines. I was in the Air Force, but the Navy and the Marines, I mean, there's something about the, the uniform. A man in uniform, but yeah. so yeah. It's, it's already bad as it is, you know, but the mm -hmm, form mm -hmm. now you got you're talking i love it love it thank you so we're gonna yeah like you said we can do chronologic so uh, you want it so I, I guess we're talking about the marines what what happened how did that go well i think it went great i mean the tour of duty was was remarkable i was stationed in quantico virginia my entire tour i excelled as as a, an enlisted marine i uh you know i uh, the navy achievement Medal Award was, was a phenomenal honor to receive that. Two good conduct medals, uh, service ribbons for uh, serving inside. Uh, it was a desert storm back then, uh, so the first uh, Gulf War. And, um, you know, everything that I could have possibly imagined, you know, doing as a, 
as, as a proud member of uh, United States Marine Corps, I did, you know, and, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that a lot of other things come along for the ride. You are uh, taught and trained to do a certain set of tasks, as, as you know, and, uh, you know, but, but after that, when uh, you are back in a civilian life, then what? Because, you know, th those skills only carry you so far in, in, uh, in, in, in the event of an altercation, God forbid, you know, you know, so you can handle, you can handle business in life, you know, but, um, you know, the reality is that even from the, the perspective of going in through boot camp is already inducing, inducing the symptoms of PTSD and like symptoms. I'll give you some examples in the middle of boot camp. We didn't even get into the tour of duty, let alone going into we're going to train further for war right mm. let alone that and then and then god forbid if you have to go and, and uh you know present yourself in front of uh, somebody else another human being where you have to um, risk your life or take theirs you know so um a, a lot of layering of in, induced trauma there if you would uh, but even right in the middle of boot camp i had you know tight bonds with people and then other people in other platoons inside the barracks um, literally attempting to kill themselves just because of the stress of boot camp alone. I've heard right? about that. So, yeah. So my, my my bunk mate, my best friend, we 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 even formed a pact to you know, always be you know tight with each other. And he uh, he he committed su he attempted suicide mm. in boot camp without me without me even knowing even after a pact, right? Mm. And then there are other there are other members of other platoons on the third floor literally in the middle of the night, jumping off the third floor balcony just to get out of boot camp. And the only way to do that in their mind was to jump three floors down and then kill themselves, right? Oh, so God. right from the beginning, we are in, in, induced with such a traumatic set of experiences over and over and over again that these these symptoms of distress are, are here and they're, they're real, you know? And then the, the tricky part is, um, I, there's no social system, there's no clinical system that really helps anyone to fully deal with all of that. You know? So that's where I have uh, come in to create what I have created for, for the veterans. So. Amen. Amen. And, and I can't wait for us to, to get to that part. I think the beauty of, of this podcast is we do have to get through the hard surface and all of that before we get yes. to the beautiful flowing water at the bottom underneath but to get there yes, to yes, get absolutely. there we have to dig absolutely. we have to dig but and i'm very happy that you you've you've agreed to to do this with us today so do you want us to honor. start with do you want us to start with your dad then yeah and i'll just say up front that i didn't have a relationship with my biological father he left um when we were my brother and i was very young and uh you know, and my and then he and my mother couldn't get it together for him to be in our lives. However, that happened. I don't even have an answer to, you know. Um, but he did call when I was 18 years old. He called me and my brother out of guilt because he had a new child on the way, so he had a he had a daughter, and um, you know I didn't happen to do anything further with my biological father. Um, but then I heard, you know, some years down the road, another 18 years down the road, that he committed suicide. So mm -hmm. when, I, when I heard that, something struck me. And he was in the Navy. 
you know, so he saw things, he did things, he was exposed to things as well. Um, but something struck me that, well, I have a stepsister out there and now she is without a father. So yeah. what I did is I wrote her a letter. I oh, wrote her nice. a letter saying, I don't, you know, yeah, I don't know you, but um, you know, I'm, I'm so-and-so. And, uh, you know, we shared a last name. So I would love to, you know, get together and see if we can, you know, form a relationship as brother and sister. And, and she responded and, and we did. So that's, that's the beauty in, in that. So that's the silver lining in all of that. Cause maybe I would not have taken the action to do that if my biological father was um, still here with us. Yeah. I so. agree. I agree. That was the first silver lining because there are many more, many more. Yes. Wow. Yes. And, and I didn't, I didn't hear, uh, you know, a whole lot until I spoke to, you know, my, my sister's mother, you know, what would have been my stepmother if the families were able to, you know, get it together. Um, uh, but I heard a lot of stories from her about what my biological father was, was like. And, you know, I heard all the good stories and I heard all the bad stories and I, I just got to know him in that way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, gratefully, I have all of his positive attributes, you know, I'm yeah. grateful for that. You know, and uh, I'm grateful that I don't have any of his negative attributes like, you know, the, the PTSD symptoms, the bipolar symptoms and things like that. So, you know. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Very, very, very interesting story. I'm very, very happy, needless to say, that you found your sister. I'm very, very happy about that. So that takes us to. So I'm guessing that you have just the one brother then. Is that it? Well, I have, um, you know, a stepfather entered into my life for okay. a time, um, and he was wonderful for a lot of things, you know, because he, he provided a role that, that I didn't have to a degree that um, he was able to, you know, uh, but at the same time, uh, you, you know, and he did bring me two other brothers, which was great because now I have two other brothers, you know, so, you know, they're a good, you know, they're a good 10, 12 years apart for me, but it was great to grow up with those little guys, you know, and then. They're, they're wonderful young men, the both of them right now. So, um, but yeah, but my stepfather ended up being a functional alcoholic, a functional drunk. And uh, so we had to deal with that inside the home too. And, uh, you know, then, then, you know, shortly after that came time for me to leave. So I, you know, the Marine Corps was it for me to, uh, you know, find my way home. That is so amazing that you used, and usually when I interview people, I, I try to find a quote that they've given as part of their story that kind of defines them. The first one so far is that joining the Marine was actually an outlet to grow up for you because you had no father figure. That is amazing. That mm-hmm. is amazing. So you were trying to find something and you found it in the Marine. You've said it again, join the Marines, go home. That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank so you. What about your, your brother? How, how, what's the story behind that? Well, he had a little bit of a challenging life every, uh, even throughout his childhood. Um, he was born with a, um, um, an alternating generational, so it skips a generation, um, blood disorder, where if you're receiving any kind of physical stress or trauma or mental, emotional stress or trauma, uh, what, ends up, what ends up happening is a part of your body will somehow swell. And so he walked around with in life, you know, of course, we receive stresses, all of us all day long. And then but his his body responded by half of his face swelling up for three days or a full hand would swell up for three days or four days or a foot would swell up. And they didn't know back then what this was. Angioedema is what it's called. 
And um, they just didn't know. They just didn't know. There was no medication for it at that time. And uh, there was no treatment for it at that time. So he uh, he suffered as a child, especially when his face filled up and tried to go to school like that, you know. And then mm. you're you're quite you're quite picked on, you know, obviously. And then, uh, you know, as he got older in life, he didn't have still the tools, you know, that we know, we know of to uh, compensate, deal with, and heal emotional trauma. So he ended up one day having his brain swell up in his head, mm. which ended up which he went to emergency room for, and then he. Uh, had a heart attack inside the emergency room. They brought him back to life, but he was a vegetable at that time. So he really had a bit of a challenging life. And as he was in his young adult years, um, on top of recreational drugs, which I avoided, um, he went towards. Um, I always played athletics, so I stayed away from all of that. Mm. Um, but what he but he went towards uh, recreationally, and then he also found that. Um, some of those were able to reduce his emotional and physical pain, pain. from what he was dealing with. So um, he self-medicated with meth. And the last few years before he um, had his episode, he, he literally was killing himself on a very slow uh, regimen. So he, he, which ended up in, in inducing the angioedema symptoms because by that time there was medication for it which he avoided. And then uh, he just decided to uh, self-medicate. He lost hundreds of, uh, a good hundred pounds. He would turn into a skeleton. And uh, you know, then his episode came and, and th there he was. Now he's, he's off the planet within, within two weeks. He was in the hospital. And, uh, and the doctor called the entire family into a room. And then we received the, 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 the talk, right? So you know, he's going to be on life support for the rest of his life. Or uh, you can... You can say goodbye to him now. So, as a family, we 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 chose to give him his peace. You know. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. So yes, in essence, it was a slow suicide. A slow suicide. Yeah. Oh. But he knew, he knew what he was doing, and never reached out for any help. You know, because none of us, none of us picked up on it. You know, we're all close, but not that close enough where we see each other on a daily basis. You know, we we some of us live further apart than others, and. Uh, you know, no one. One thing nah. that America is, America is big. I mean, you can potentially live on the same street as someone and never see them, or you can be related to your twin brother and live on different East Coast, West Coast, two different time zones in America. So that's right. Definitely. That's right. I can definitely. Yep, that's understand. right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Eric, I, I'm as a mother of three sons. I'm going to take a deep breath before I ask you the next question because I know, to me, as a mother, this will be most likely the, the difficult one to talk about, your child, your son, your beloved fruit. What, yeah. how, why, when, where, what's going on with yeah. you? So he, um, with his mother and, uh, you know, more of his siblings from that particular side of his family, uh, moved out to Arizona in a very, you know, desolate part, and uh, he became pretty depressed from what I understand. Mm. We were talking on a regular basis, and we, we even, you know, he, he lived with me on three occasions, you know, when he was young, when he was little, you know, and uh, we would we would share time together, and I would play video games with him, so that was one way we would connect, and then when he got older, uh, and then he moved pretty far away to Arizona, 
we would play one of those online video games you do together on your phone. So we still had a, yes. a connection. Yeah, we still had a bond, and that's how we were able to connect, which was great. And then, um, you know, so I was talking with him on a regular basis, you know. And I realized he's had some ups and downs in his world where his mom, you know, moved him from place to place to place to place. And, you know, you, you have a loss of groundedness when that happens, you know. I totally get that. And then he got into I don't even know the deets, but I know for a fact as a military brat growing up, <clears throat> there was that, there was that. I didn't, I wouldn't say I lost ground, but I got lucky because I, I mm -hmm. went to school for high school. So my family yeah, yeah. was in one boarding school. But yes, mm -hmm. every summer I had to go to another state because, oh, my dad has been posted over there. My dad was also yeah. or, you know, and then yeah. lucky for me, I got into the university and it's medical school is five years or six years actually in Nigeria. So again, mm -hmm. I was in the same mm -hmm. school, but I had to go to a different place to go home every time. So I, I completely yeah. you can identify with the person who didn't go to boarding school, who every couple of years or so, you have to move. Right. And that's for the military, which is actually like a, a controlled move. Imagine a controlled, move, a controlled yeah. move, yes. I could totally understand that. Well, what he was facing was what I would refer to as an uncontrolled move in that light then, you know, and what his, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing about his situation with his mother was every time they moved, they moved into a worse position or a worse life situation. I, I remember he's telling me stories where he had to give away or just throw away every bit of his belongings besides what he could fit in a backpack, you know? And then, you know, one time they had to live in someone's basement, like all of them, you know, it's just, mm -hmm. so they, they went to, you know, he, he would say, Hey dad, I hit rock bottom again. And I'm like, okay, well, you, you keep on recreating rock bottom, you know, so what, what's going on here, you know? And so he, uh, you know, he didn't have the, the stability as what a university would provide someone or the stability, um, what a, uh, a military upbringing or even housing would provide, you know, he didn't have that with his mother. So um, he, he became unstable, you know, he became really unstable. And then he got into an argument with his family, his mother and his siblings, and then he took that backpack and took off. And then he was never seen or heard of ever since then. As a mother, I can only say, I can only say, I, I can only say uh, hold out hope indefinitely and just absolutely. come home one day. Yeah, absolutely. I'm waiting for him to show up my doorstep. I am. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And yeah. With, the, with, the, with the internet and the technology and all of that, you never know. You never know. You That's never true. Know. That's true. Take that doorbell. I don't care if it's at two o'clock in the morning. I'm going to take that doorbell. Wow, that's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So fast forward to today's world. What, what are you up to these days? Well, these days, you know, I've spent the better part of, uh, you know, 20 plus years uh, forging the path for my own uh, healing as well as development, you know. So what I wanted to do is clear any traumas that I have experienced in my life as best as I could from childhood trauma onward, you know, from childhood trauma onward. And so that's why I have a master's degree in Ayurvedic medicine and body work. I have well over 2000 hours of formal yoga teacher training, which includes a lot of meditations. And I have uh, a second master's degree in Buddhist psychology. So I really wouldn't say that I am a Buddhist, Right? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but I do practice a lot of, of Buddhist methodologies, 
mm. uh, contemplative methodologies and methods to continue the, the fostering of a, a healing, right? And, uh, and not just the healing, but to, you know, really what I want to do is I want to optimize life. You know, I want to optimize life. I want to live the life to its absolute fullest potential. And so I continue to seek and seek and seek all these different avenues. A lot of it is obviously overseas because um, in my 30s, I was chronically ill for nearly a decade. So let's layer on another whole set of traumas, right? Trauma, so yes. Yeah. So I was bitten by a deer tick. I did not know it. Oh, my stage Lyme. Yeah. Late stage Lyme disease. Didn't know it for a year. Went to eight medical doctors, Western. Uh, no answer. Yikes. Not a single one. Not even a not even a diagnosis. That brought upon chronic fatigue, immune deficiency syndrome, uh, fibromyalgia, hypothyroidism. So now I'm exhausted. Uh, mercury poisoning, uh, all at one time. A lot of those symptoms mimic each other. So it was very very tricky to diagnose as well as treat. So my treatment became not a prescription after a while, but it came the yoga mat or the meditation cushion, if you would. It became mindfulness practices. It became who I began to choose to share my time with and get rid of the toxic people in my world, right? Be surrounded by those who only want to support me. So um, I, I share this with you because going through a chronic illness like that, Western medical science rarely, if at all, has an answer to that is where if you have control over your mind, you can control a whole lot of other things that's going on, right? So getting your emotion dealt with better, you know, and it's not easy. It's not easy to hear words from someone when you're going through that trauma to say, hey, what's the lesson in here? That's not an easy thing to hear. But if you hear it, if you hear it over and over and over again, you start to get the question, right? And then, wow. you know, from there, that from there, I turned a 20 plus year information technology and design career uh, which I loved, I just couldn't do it anymore because you know, all of these uh, syndromes create brain fog, right? So the brain doesn't want to operate the same way. And then, and then I turned that into a, a, a healing career. So now I provide a lot of healing services and as well as I provide a lot of education. So I'm an educator as well as a coach inside this realm now. So what I have done, it took me, uh, it took me about five years to come into absolute alignment with my soul's purpose on this planet than ever before. And that's creating mindfulness for veterans. So that's a whole program that I create. It's three-tiered. The first tier is me direct with the veterans on a global level. So we're using Zoom, like you know the tool, to to connect with group video calls, as well as um, having education, trainings, mindfulness work, et cetera, et cetera, inside of a private Facebook group where everyone has the opportunity to vulnerably share and I lead them through exercises, et cetera, peer supported as well as me supported. Um, inside that realm, um, I am affecting um, uh, veterans as well as non-veterans who want to join who have PTSD, men and women, all eras of their life stage included, right, um, to get the support and the help that they need coming from Buddhist mindfulness, coming from yogic practices, coming from the Ayurvedic uh, point of view of health and healing and to get the PTSD to get the substance abuse to get the triggering all handled better than they are so that's that's one of the tiers that I'm working in now and then I've I've already launched and I already have opportunities where I'm teaching in Montana next next uh, in August uh, uh, no October and then again in January um, across the country now so now I'm going I'm, I'm nationally teaching the work now and and next year, I'll be international. I'll be in Iowa next year. I'll be a couple Amen. of the countries next year. Yeah. 
And so this needs to be a, a, a global resolution, not a United States resolution, because war is everywhere. And we need to clear this from every single bit of, of, of this planet, not just in, in one location. So this is a global program. So the educational aspect is just to teach the psychologists and teach the mental health workers, to teach the yoga teachers, to teach the spiritual healers, the model that I have come up with, which is a more holistic model that any one of those genres can handle at one time and provide the veterans or anyone with PTSD right now. Yes. So every one of those is, it has a gap in it, right? Because not, not everyone is tra trained the way I'm trained. I'm trained so well-rounded and so deep at the same time, right? Um, I can provide that education, uh, you know, to the psychologist, right? What's missing? Let's, let's fill in those gaps to the spiritual healer, to the Reiki healer, to the yoga teacher. Okay. What's missing? What do you want to create for your veterans? What do you want to create for your population with PTSD? Who has anxiety that you want to treat? You know, those kind of things. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a two, three day training. So as a veteran, I definitely appreciate that. As a, I, I don't have yeah. veteran or a military related PTSD per se. I have mm -hmm, marital mm -hmm. PTSD and just family drama. But certainly right, veteran, right, right. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. And, and the other tier of it is now take someone who is, is not a veteran and who does not have PTSD, but they're in a relationship with someone, whether that's your mom, dad, and your, your, your you know, son, daughter comes home from war or comes home from boot camp or comes home from their tour of duty. You know, how do you, how do you help them? You know, what do you, what do you do with that? You know, how do you go from uh, a, a normal life to now, uh, trying to support your son, daughter, or trying to support your husband, wife, your partner um, inside of that world, right? So how do you deal with that as what I refer to as the family caregiver, not the professional caregiver who might have some training around this, mm -hmm. but, but the family caregiver who does not have any training around this, who does not, not have understanding as to what these people have gone through, their loved ones, you know, and then... And then what to do as a response, what to do as a response to, uh, you know, the behavior of, of their beloved, you know, or their son or their daughter. And then, then to also put a self-care program in place for them because they don't have one, right? They don't have one. So. I tell you, I, I know the veteran situation in the U.S. is appalling, but... Mm -hmm. hmm. You don't even want to know what it's like in other countries like Nigeria. So it kills me. My dad is a retired two-star general. I know. I know. He's, I hear his woes and his concerns. And he is a retired general. Imagine. Imagine right. the others. Just, oh, my God. Yes, yes. It's unfortunate well, that you, you, you sent to go defend you, fight for you, their life for you when it's time. Um, the most you hear sometimes is thank you for your service. Really? That's lip service. That's it. You know? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. If that, if that, you know, and, and, and at least in the United States, it is a little bit different than the sixties coming back from the Vietnam war. It is a little bit more matured and a lot more gratitude on the planet. So, um, but you're right. Um, overseas, I, you know, I'll, I'll just be forward with you. I don't know what it's like overseas for, for the same situations, for the same families, for the same uh, military structures, but I'll say it. But I'll say this as well: it's 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 my mission to go find out, and it's my mission to go help that healing. I'll take that. I'll take that. Wow, 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 wow. So, well, 
we've come to the actually more fun part because besides you talking about the PTSD, I want to hear about your books. I want to hear about yeah. with your books. And I know your speaking is almost, you know, tied to the PTSD work you're doing with the veterans. But what about those books? I want to hear about yeah. them. Absolutely. Well, the first book was back in 2008. <clears throat> Just after my brother died, I took a little time and <clears throat> wanted to assess things. And, you know, I felt a calling to go to India and uh, give myself an opportunity to um, not be so involved with the daily um, way we live and just kind of um, go seek, right, for some answers. And uh, I got a whole lot more questions. That's good. Than, than, than even just the answers I was uh, looking for. So that, that's a beautiful thing. But on the, when I was there, I journaled every day. You know? <clears throat> and so I'm in India for seven weeks, and then I'm journaling, I'm journaling, I'm journaling. And everything I was journaling was about <clears throat> my Marine Corps experience or my, <clears throat> excuse me, my family trauma or about the trip in India itself. And so those, those three things just kept on appearing. And so what I did is I, I wrote the book Marine on the Map, while I was in India, marine on the mat, meaning the yoga mat. Yes. Because uh, that's yeah. what I was, I went to study. So I studied Ayurvedic medicine there. I studied Thai massage there. I studied Ayurvedic massage there. I studied the deeper levels of yoga there. And so um, when I was there, I said, wow, everything that's appearing here is inside of the eight limbs of yoga. So what I did is I structured the book around um, both the parallel between the Marine Corps experience, the parallel, not the disconnect. The parallel between the Marine Corps experience to being a yogi, as an example. Wow. And and then and then and then the 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 aspects of what I'm learning while I'm just living in India for the seven weeks. So I alternated chapters. So chapter one is the first limb of yoga, and then it's about the uh, India experience. Then the next chapter is the Marine Corps experience for the second limb of yoga, and so on for the eight limbs. And then I finished writing that pretty much on the plane ride home. I was running out of paper. I'm writing on newspapers or whatever I can find on the, on the airplane, right? And then it took me eight more years to literally edit and publish the book. Eight more years. It sat. It just sat. It sat inside of me. Right? <laughs> I have a book. My, my, um, my manuscript is ready. My second book is ready. And I just have yes, yes. between here and the printer's printer. But yes. It's ready. It's ready to go. Yeah. Completely. Take, 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 take action. Because once you start taking action, boom, the next book will come. And then the next book will come. And then the next book will come. And one of my fav most favorite books that I wrote was Mindfulness and Yin Yoga. So how to bring the marriage between the mindfulness work from Buddhist uh, philosophy into the, 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 the very specific Yin Yoga practice. So And how to how to marry the two of those things together, you know? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Eric, Rishi, Infanti. I knew this was going to be a great episode. And I told you, I said, please feel free to come back because you have so much knowledge, so much to teach. Yes, to yes, yes. EFT, by any chance? Echo, Foxtrot, what's T? Tango, do you teach that ever? Uh, come, uh, come back to me again with what you're asking. EFT. I had a, a guest mentioned that this morning it's supposed to be some kind of mindfulness thing where you tap different parts of your body i guess oh tapping yeah 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 tapping is very valuable yeah i enjoy yes, doing that to myself as well as others yeah it swears by yeah yeah it's a good it, it's a good method there's a lot of methods that's one of the methods it's a good method you know yeah yeah wow 
Okay. Yeah. Well, so maybe we need to have to come back because one of my missions is also not only sharing the stories, but also, you know, what to do. Where do we, how do we help each other? Where do we go from? Absolutely. From, you know, yep. Yep. the other thing I was yeah. going to ask you before I let you go is, do you have a favorite quote or a favorite book or a favorite, I don't know, yoga pose in this case that you want to share? <laughs> or maybe even just advice. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have all of that. I have all of that. So I, I would say my favorite, one of my favorite quotes is uh, Yoga Chitta Vritti Narodaha. And that is the Sanskrit language. And it's the second Yoga Sutra that we, we ever learned. Um, and it just simply means uh, the practice of yoga is the succession or the slowing down of, of mental thought, mental chatter, mental fluctuations. And when we are able to do that, we're able to make better decisions in our lives, right? Especially this oh God, decision to stay, stay, stay in our life, right? To, to stay in our life and not leave the planet um, through, through suicide, right? So, um, so to have the practice like that and, and, and position like that, uh, that, that's a beautiful, beautiful quote. In fact, when I opened up my yoga studio, that is the quote that I put on the back of the business card, right? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then um, my favorite favorite yoga pose is probably the seven the seven headstands, where um, you know challenging to achieve, but uh, obviously I did it, so anyone can do it, you know. And then uh, favorite books, I would say anything and everything by Eckhart Tolle is uh, is is a very good read, you know. By anything who? and everything, New Earth especially. Um, Eckhart Tolle, yeah, he's a very uh, you know well known, read uh, you know spiritual author. So yeah, that's wonderful. And then last but not least, do you have any words of advice, words of encouragement? I, I feel you're going you're gonna to knock this one out of the ballpark because you've, you have so much knowledge. Thank you. Thank you. So, so here's the advice I would give. And, and to everyone who, who would be listening to this, whether you're a professional helping out veterans, whether you're the family caregiver supporting the, the, the aspect of the veteran's life, or whether you are the veteran yourself or anyone dealing with, with PTSD or, 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 or trauma, you know, do a practice that brings you from your head space to your heart space and live from the heart space, live from compassion. You yeah. because, 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 because with that, the, 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 all of humanity can heal with all of that. That's, I mean, I couldn't even sum that up more. I think basically in, in layman's terms, in, in my terms would be, live your life to the fullest and just find a passion and go for it. Would that be similar to that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in essence? It would be. Um, but, but, you know, think of it in this way, when people are in trauma and they can't get out of trauma, they're not living anything near to their fullest. They're not even close. Right. They're not even, they're not even near that. So there's, there's a straddling that goes on, right. Am I healing or am I living optimally to my fullest? Right. And so there's a straddling that goes on. Well, I'm constantly healing. We're constantly going into a healing space, right? Hopefully, you know. But, but if you're so deep in trauma in your day-to-day, -day, it's, it's challenging to see live life to your fullest, right? Back when all my mentors and teachers or healers would say to me when I was in my trauma, they would say, well, what's the lesson here? I didn't want to hear that at the time, you know. I didn't want to come close to that at the time. I'm like, I'm in pain here. What are you talking about a lesson? You know, so it's kind of, it's kind of the same thing. You know, if you want to live life to your fullest, we have to get some level of healing happening and then we can start to see the light. We can start to see more light. We can start to see more light. It's kind of like coming out of allegory's cave, right? So we go back to 
you know, the, the old philosophies, you know, the allegory's cave, you are literally chaining, chaining yourself to the wall inside of a prison, right? Oh, wow. And then there's a little, there's a little speck of sunlight coming through the cracked door. And finally, you can get the shackles torn off of yourself that you have self-induced. Mm-hmm. But if you rush out, if you rush out of your own prison too fast, you just open up the doors, that sun will blind you, right? Mm-hmm. Your sun will blind you. So, so taking a compassionate, gradual approach, then see the optimal life, then go for it, right? So we have to get a, uh, a level of healing done, you know? We have wow. to have that on the planet. That is so powerful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Nugget after nugget. I, I, I try usually try to summarize my, my guests, but I don't know if I, if I can. I'm going to give it a try. So ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it from his mouth. Oh my goodness. This gentleman, you can tell he has so much passion for what he does. Bless him. Bless him. What a man. Talking about rising from the ashes like a true phoenix. He's, he's, he's seen the worst father lost, brother lost, son lost a lot of pain friends from his marine days just a lot of loss and pain and anguish and and still he stands and he's standing i know because of all the meditation he's doing the yoga the buddhist practice that he's he's practicing i guess for lack of a better way to describe it i'm just so happy that i met you thank you so much for reaching out to me and thank you for responding when i in turn reached out to you to do this i really really appreciate it my honor, really my honor, my honor. Folks, um, he's going to tell us before we let him go where we can find him, how we can book him for one of his talks and things like that. All right, Mr. Eric Rishi Infanti, where can we find you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm, I'm everywhere on Google. I'm on Amazon. I'm on Audible. Um, so you can search me by those keywords. But I'm going to give you two websites. So I have an umbrella company called MelaAcademy.com. So M E laacademy.com. That's the umbrella house for all the things that I do. Specific for the mindfulness work that I'm doing for veterans is mindfulness for veterans, plural with the S at the end, mindfulnessforveterans.com. Wow. Thank you so much. I got to write that down and I'll do my very best to write everything you said to me in the show notes. So mindfulness for veterans, right? Mindfulness for veterans. So the, the word is spelled out, F-O-R. Yes, yeah. yes, I got that. I got that. Thank yeah, you yeah. so much, sir. Thank you so much. Please, you have the link. It's not going to change anytime soon. If you wake up in the morning and you feel, you know, I want to talk to Dr. Lulu about this new project or this new thing. Oh, I forgot this thing and I want to talk about it. Feel free to just click the link and make an appointment. I will be more than glad to speak with you. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Lulu from Suicide Pages, the podcast. You've heard it from this gentleman who has so much to give, so much to offer, so much good that he's doing. Please go out and support him. Go out and support this podcast. I know he's going to get all his tribe members to download and listen whenever I do eventually release these in the next couple of weeks, because I know my first batch goes out next week, next batch the week after that. So I will keep you posted, Mr. Eric. Thank you so much again for coming. May the good Lord bless you. May the sakra and all the good Buddhist monks and everything, (laughs) I don't know what they call them, (laughs) bless you. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing your story (laughs) and for being who you are for the veterans. As a veteran, I definitely appreciate you. Thank you for your service. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. 
Thank you. Thank you. My honor. My honor. And I'd love to come back when you're ready. Yes, sir. Obviously, yeah. We will be sure. always ready. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. All right, guys. I got to let him go. He's a busy man, as you heard. Um, look out for this episode. It's going to come out in two weeks. I can almost stick my neck out and say it's going to be out in two weeks. So, y'all, I'll keep y'all posted. Thank you so much. Ciao, Bella, from Dr. Lulu and Suicide Pages, the podcast. All right, folks. Bye.